Hello and welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and as always, I'm so privileged to share with you God's Word. Let's open our hearts and our minds to welcome the message so that indeed we can welcome it and offer our yes to live the truth in love. Let us pray. O God, by whom we are redeemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an everlasting inheritance. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that Every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. As disciples of Jesus, we are taking another step forward. And these words, this past liturgy of the word, have been incredibly challenging, at least for me. You remember we first had to answer that question, who do you say that I am? And we learned from Peter how to learn that. And we understood that when we get it right, when we see Jesus for who truly he is, the Christ, the Son of the living God, we can be on the rock with Peter. We can be on the same safe place. But we also have been challenged last Sunday. You remember? Last Sunday, we saw the continuation of the, that the same episode. It was in two parts. That Peter, even though he just received the quote-unquote power of the keys where Whatever you open will be open. Whatever you close will be closed. Mess it up. Why? Because Jesus explained to them the type of Messiah he was supposed to be. And what Jesus had in mind did not match what Peter had in mind. And therefore, what did Peter do? 
he decided to tell Jesus how to be a better Messiah. So what does he do? He does something very interesting. He takes Jesus aside, so he separates Jesus from the rest of the group, right? He takes him aside and he rebukes him, says, you are wrong. That is not the type of Messiah we want. I shared with you last Sunday that I've been like Peter many times, telling Jesus, thy will be done. However, should we really be open here, I can tell you how to do things better. And I'm pretty sure that Jesus looked at me and said, well, aren't you adorable? No, we're going to do my way. But then what happened? How did Jesus brought everything together? He said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. We can only be disciples when we follow and therefore allow Jesus to take the lead. But then he called him Satan. Because as I told you, whatever Satan does in scriptures can be reduced to two things. Accuse, as in making fun of, you know, calling people's names, and separates, keeping people from one another. So we can recognize immediately if something belongs to God or not. Why was Jesus calling Peter Satan? Because he said, you are an obstacle to me. You are a scandal to me. You are scandalizing me because you think as humans do and not as God does. What's the difference? That humans think about themselves and for themselves. The way God thinks has something to do with the way he loves. That's why Jesus placed at the center of discipleship the cross. He said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. Don't think as humans do. Pick up the values that God has and follow. Move. Constantly going closer and closer to God. So now this is the challenge for us, making sure that we don't get on the wrong side. Because I don't know about you, but I do not want to be an obstacle to Jesus. I do not want him to call me Satan because I'm not doing what he's asking me to do in the way that he wants me to do. But the question today is, how far are we bringing this? How far do we go, especially with people who may disagree with us, people who can hurt us, people who can mock us and whatever? Well, guess what? Jesus gives us the answer. And once again, Jesus invites us to go back to what makes us truly Christian. We become truly Christian. And there is a lot of, it's beautiful at this time of the year, you know, uh, lots of people labeling other Catholics, fake Catholics, fake Christian, good Christian. What makes a Christian a real Christian? The cross. Picking up the cross, meaning leaving the values of God. And because God is love, everything that he does is motivated by that. So we got the answer. As a matter of fact, today, this liturgy of the word makes it easy for all of us to understand what Christian life is all about. Aren't you glad you came? Because this is it. We got it all here. And what do we get? Well, first of all, love is central to our spirituality. Loving even the enemies. Did you hear in the first reading? God says, if you don't warn and help the, your enemy, 
I'm going to hold you accountable. But if your enemy, you warn him, and even if your enemy goes, you know, in the, uh, destroys himself, you will be saved because you have done the right thing, which is loving your neighbor as yourself. Paul tells us that the best way to follow all the rules, all the laws of scriptures, all the laws of the church is reduced to one word. Any guess what that word is? Love. Thank you. Good. Love. Love your neighbors because love can do no evil to your neighbor. And Paul is not saying the neighbor has to be Catholic or whatever, you know, that agrees with you. Whatever neighbor is, and the neighbor is not necessarily the one who lives as a house next to yours. Neighbor means whomever is in front of you. It's the other. Okay? This is a real Christian. The one who picks up the values and makes the values of God one's own. Are we all in? Do you understand? That we have to struggle to get there because there is no other way. I checked it. Because I, I, I really enjoy finding loopholes. You never know. So, but there are none. It's either love or not. Jesus said very clearly, by this they will recognize you as my disciples. If you love one another. So we know that the way we are supposed to love each other as members of the same faith is called reciprocal love. We love one another as Jesus loved us. How has Jesus loved us? To death. So in other words, we, when we love each other, we don't hold anything on. We are willing to let go of everything in order to love the other. How do we love people who are not members of the community? Jesus told us. You love your neighbor as yourself. There are no, no loopholes. No matter where we go, love is always the answer. So now we know. Aren't you glad you can? I'm really serious. You know, this is it. So let's find out how far we're going to go with this love. Because we have to have the mindset of God, Jesus says, if somebody does something wrong to you, you act in a particular way. So, if, something, so if somebody does something wrong to me, I have a choice. Will I react as the world does, as human beings do, or as God wants me to do? So, I think about it. I can go on this side, get on my computer. I can't believe Father Stanley did that. Oh my gosh, he is so terrible, you know. And let everybody else know in the world that somebody did something wrong to me. And then, of course, I want everybody to like and share. Why? Misery always likes company. And evil spreads. Evil spread. And evil spreads even and especially every time we click love and share, like and share things that go against what Jesus is teaching us. But I can have another choice. I'm going to go this way because I need steps. So, what happens? I can say, wait, wait, wait. I got some, somebody, somebody did something wrong to me. Let me check this out. Now, the world tells us, no, if somebody, somebody did something wrong, that person has to come and apologize. Isn't that what we think? But not us. Scripture tells us that we are the first to love because God loved us first. That love thing again messes everything, but we don't have a choice. So, 
I go and say, hey, I understand this is happening. Can we talk about it? Okay. The fact that I am go I'm the part that has been uh, damaged, right? I received the wrong. I go and try to reconcile. Why? Jesus says, if that person changes his mind, you have, quote unquote, gained your brother. In other words, that person is so precious to me that thinking that can be a separation is impossible for me to assume. I cannot understand this separation. So I have to do whatever I can to maintain the relationship going. And sometimes one thing is necessary to say, hey, I understand this is happening. Can we clarify this? Then the other person can say, okay, let's talk about it. Or he can say, no, I don't want to talk about it. Then Jesus goes through this process, but we have to clarify one thing here. When Jesus said, if he doesn't listen even to the church, they had a different type of ways of dealing with things. Treat that person as a Gentile or a tax collector. It does not mean that we have the license to humiliate that person. It does not mean that we can, we are allowed to ridicule the person. What do we do with the Gentiles and the tax collectors? We love them as we love ourselves. As a matter of fact, we love them even more because we want to bring them in to the table. Do you understand? Do you understand? No matter how you start, you always end up loving. Why? God is love, and whomever is in God must remain in love. This is what makes us a true Catholic, a true Christian. All the other things have to be manifestation of love. Now, all this loving allows us to do something amazing, to experience, no matter where we are, the presence of Jesus. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We are reading the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew makes this point incredibly clear, that God wants to be with us. He's not happy to be just God who are in heaven. He wants to be in our midst. At the beginning of the Gospel, in the Christmas story, Jesus is identified as God with us, Emmanuel. At the end of the Gospel, Jesus says to the disciples, I will be with you until the end of time. And in the middle of the gospel, which is this point, Jesus is telling us how this can be done. By being gathered together in the name of Jesus. What does it mean to be gathered in the name of? Sometimes it, it, we think, okay, we are gathered in the name of Jesus because in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No. The expression in the name of something, it means to be that particular thing. When, a, when a, an officer says, stop in the name of the law, I don't know if they still do that, but in the movies it was, stop in the name of the law. Okay? It means I'm representing the law and you have to follow. An ambassador goes to another country in the name of the king, the, the president, whatever, is representing the person. So when we are gathered in the name of, we have to be gathered as Jesus. I make the choice. 
to be Christian, you make the choice to be another Christ, and together we can experience the presence of God in our midst. And we can do that anywhere. There are two or three Christians willing to be in this discipleship, picking up the cross. It can be at home, it can be at work, it can be everywhere. And the very same Jesus that is in the tabernacle is there in the midst of us. And whenever we have Jesus, we have light, we have paradise. And this is the gift that Jesus is highlighting today. But how do we get there? Jesus said something incredible. He said, if two people on earth agree to pray about something, the Heavenly Father will give it to you. Isn't that awesome? He didn't say only something. He said anything that you agree to, the Father will give it to us. The point is not necessarily because our mind goes to whatever you ask. But the key is the manner in which we ask. That we have two people agree to something. And it's become incredibly difficult, isn't it? For two people to agree on something. Why? Because we think as humans do, humans do and not as God does. But you know, as I was preparing for this liturgy, the word agree started bugging me, you know, was coming back to me in a very interesting way. So I checked it out. And in the Greek, you remember these books are written in Greek. In the Greek, the word for agreeing is symphoneo. It's the verb that gives us in English the word for symphony. This is the type of relationship that God is pointing at. In a symphony, a symphony is made out of many, many pieces and the orchestra plays. Now, what do we have? The violins and the trombones don't play the same part, right? It would be a very interesting symphony. Uh, the, but even the violins, not all the violins play the same part because we have the first violins, we have the second violins, and then we have the first viola, the second, you know. Everybody's playing different things, but the conductor is leading them all. They are in harmony, but they're not all doing the same thing. They and every instrumentalist, every musician is looking at the conductor, who is Jesus living in the midst. So what do we need to do this week? What do we need to, what step do we need to take in order to experience the presence of Jesus in our midst? We have to make this agreement that is symphonic, where we respect the parts of the others. The tuba may be playing, well, that's what the tuba plays. And we have in our midst some people who can only do that. We will do whatever it takes for them to be the best tuba ever. Do you understand? We have to, to help each other to remain in harmony you won't find a violinist that says, I don't want to play Mozart, I'm going to play Beethoven today. It's off. So we in the body of Christ must learn how to do this. And we must make an agreement. And we can start with our own families. Spouses, children, the parish, your group, your workplace, where we can promise each other to help the other to remain in harmony. And all together, we keep looking at Jesus who becomes the conductor in this way. We will continue to remain in the love that God has for us and be able to see the wonderful things that he wants to accomplish in our midst 
And I'm pretty sure that when we go on the other side of creation, we will be able to hear the beautiful symphony that Jesus, the risen Christ, is playing with all members of creation. And we will be able truly to understand that the love of God sustains and changes every single thing on earth. I hope you felt inspired to make this symphonic pact of mutual love with your family, with your friends, with your parishioners, with your co-workers, with whomever you get in touch with throughout the day, so that indeed we can experience something amazing, the presence of Jesus in our midst. I wish you well, and I'll talk to you soon. God bless, and bye-bye.